Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, good morning, and welcome to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Got my uh, famous coffee a definition cup here today. Coffee, noun, survival juice. Hey, is that a good two-word <laughs> definition of coffee? Survival juice. I like that. It is definitely survival juice in my life, as long as it's the right kind of, of coffee, that is. I think today was uh, Tim Horton's coffee. So grateful for that. Uh, Brother Walter, thank you for dropping that Tim Horton's off. Uh, but we're in Revelation chapter 14. We uh, are talking about the victory of the Lamb, the victory of the 144,000 that are singing that new song. And now uh, we see a couple of verses in Revelation 14 that to me are just astoundingly evident of the, or illustrative, I should say, of the, the mercy and the grace of God. So think about it. The Great Tribulation is a time when people are rejecting God. By and large, people are, are shaking their fist at God. It doesn't seem that any amount of physical calamity, doesn't seem like any amount of evil is causing people to reconsider uh, their relationship with God. Many are completely duped by the false prophet, enamored with Antichrist and just like lambs going to the slaughter, it's just a horrible uh, season for mankind. And yet God still is offering great uh, mercy and grace to these people. And we, we find that so evident in verses six and seven of Revelation chapter 14. So let me read the verses and I'll, I'll show you why here in a moment. Look at Revelation chapter 14 and verse number six. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel. And don't you love that term, the everlasting gospel? Uh, there, there's never been more than one gospel. Uh, the gospel has always been the means by which uh, the good news by which people are saved. It's not that people were saved differently in the Old Testament and now are saved by a different message in the New Testament and then a different message again in the tribulation and an altogether different message uh, in the millennium. Nothing could be farther from the truth. No, the gospel is an everlasting gospel. It is the good news of the redemptive plan of God in Christ so the entire Bible is about Jesus. Uh, sometimes I'll talk about the Bible in macro, that the Bible is creation, Genesis chapters 1 and 2, the fall of man, their sin, Genesis chapter 3, redemption, the story of redemption, the great redemptive narrative of the Bible, which is the bulk of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation chapter 20. And then consummation, you know, how God brings all things back to a place of perfection, a new heavens and a new earth and the end of sin and the judgment of all um, and, and the consummation of all things. That's the Bible. 
And so the, what is the large bulk of the Bible? The large bulk of the Bible is God's redemptive story. And what do we know? That God's redemptive story personified is none other than Jesus Christ. Uh, did not Jesus say that in J- uh, John chapter 5 when he said, search the scriptures? For in them, in the scriptures, you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So the Bible story is the is redemption story is Jesus' story. That's what the Bible says about uh, Jesus' conversation with those on the road to Emmaus. When he's, uh, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Uh, the Bible story is redemption story. Redemption story is Christ's story. So it's the everlasting gospel. Verse number six again. So I saw this angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, earth dwellers, humans, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Well, what great mercy is this to think that even here at the end of the end, uh, as the great tribulation has done its work, as people have been duped, deceived, as they have rebelled, all of this, and yet God in his mercy has kept the 144,000 as faithful witnesses during this entire time. Thousands and millions have been saved. And now even at the end, an angel, God is giving an angel the task of declaring again the everlasting gospel to all the world in every language, to every people group, giving everybody even a final opportunity to come to Christ. Boy, that is such mercy. Nobody can shake their fist at God and say, I didn't have an opportunity. Nobody will be able to shake their fist at God and say, well, I didn't get a chance. No, God is giving chance after chance after chance, and this is a great one. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6. Now, look at verse number 7. A saying, so here's what the angel is saying in declaring this everlasting gospel. Verse number 7, saying with a loud voice, unmistakable voice, clear, uh, understandable voice, with this loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. In other words, uh, there ought to be a sense of awe. There ought to be a sense of respect and honor. There ought to be a sense of God's greatness and glory and our own sinfulness and, and great and dire need for him. Fear God. So there's much implied there. Uh, In other words, you know that God exists. That's the implication. You know there is a God. You know that God is great. You know that God is powerful. You've seen the manifestation of that. Now fear him and give him the glory. This really reminds me of uh, Romans chapter one, uh, where the Bible says, uh, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Uh, The Bible talks about that that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. 
So what was the case that the Apostle Paul was making in Romans chapter 1? The case he was making is that creation has always declared the glory of God. Uh, it All a person has to do is go outside and really consider the heavens, really look into the starry host at night, to consider uh, the vastness of creation. There's an inner voice that reminds him, God did this, a designer did this, a powerful entity did this, and you are accountable to him. And yet the Bible says that when people know that, they don't want to admit that. Why? Because to admit that admits that we are under authority. Uh, there is accountability. Uh, I have responsibility for my sin. I'd much rather just make a God with my own hands because then I have the authority. Then I have the choice. Then I can do what I want to do. And that's exactly what happens in Romans chapter one. Insofar that when people have done that over and over again, finally God says, I give you up unto your own desires. In other words, hey, you can have what you want. And the worst judgment that God can bring upon anybody is to say, okay, you can have what you want, but you're not gonna want what you get. The worst parenting, the worst thing a parent can do for a child is to let a child get whatever he wants, to, to say, okay, fine, you know better, then do it your way. That's a very, very sad place to be. So here in Revelation chapter 14, verse 7, we see much of that same mindset, don't we? Hey, fear God, give glory to him. And then watch what it goes on to say in verse number seven, for the hour of his judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. So, hey, God has showed himself to you. Recognize that. Judgment is come. You are going to answer for your sins. Therefore, acknowledge God. He created you. You have a responsibility to align yourself correctly with him. And, of course, we know that that's only possible through Jesus. You know, it's very interesting about Revelation chapter 14, verse 7, is this sounds eerily similar to what the work of the Holy Spirit is in reference to Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said that when he would leave this earth physically, that he would send another comforter, another of the same kind is what that word means, and that would be the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, the Bible says, he will reprove we would use the word maybe convince or convict. He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me, so specifically the sin of unbelief. Of judgment, because I go to my father, uh, and you see me no more. Uh, let me see, a sin of righteousness, because I go to my father, and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. So what does the person understand in coming to Christ? He understands, oh, I'm a sinner. What does he understand? He understands, oh, uh, I have not met the righteous standard that only Jesus met. Oh, uh, I am going to be judged because the prince of this world, the one that leads the rebellion against God, he is judged, already judged, already sentenced. And so you and I uh, will be judged as well for our sin. And that's what the gospel is declaring here. The gospel is declaring that you are insufficient. The gospel is saying that you, you'll never measure up. The gospel is saying that you need God. You need God's plan. You need what God has done. So recognize him as such. 
wow, what mercy, what grace that God is offering a condemned world, a world that has been in great tribulation, God still loves them. God is still reaching out to them in a supernatural way. This is not just some church member from down the street knocking on a door. This is not just one of 144,000 preaching a message on a street corner. No, this is an angel from heaven given the 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 command of Almighty God to go to every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue and tell them this is the message of the gospel. It's an everlasting message that you need, that I need, that the world needs. And it's preached yet once again at the end of the tribulation period. So let that be a reminder to you and to me just how powerful the gospel is, just how needed it is, and just how important it is for us to get it to all people groups. We're going to have our missions conference here in just a couple weeks. We've been praying about it. Our theme this year is reach. And wow, we want to reach. Uh, We want our reach to be so compassionate that it reaches right next door to our next door neighbor. But we want it to be so uh, long and extensive that it reaches all the way around the world to make a difference in people groups that we've never even met before. The gospel of Jesus Christ is an everlasting gospel. Well, I hope that encourages you today. I hope it helps. We're going to uh, not complete, but continue our study of Revelation 14 uh, next episode and beginning at verse number eight. So I hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.